Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Mitchell, and in this episode, we chat with none other than Jacqueline Dallas, who you may know from the YouTube channel Nothing But Tech. She is one of the very few female tech YouTubers uh, and is very talented at what she does and does reviews for iPhones and computers, all sorts of different things, all your tech needs. She does those exact things on YouTube. We've been lucky enough to be friends with her for the last couple of years, and I've chatted multiple different times. We've actually been on her podcast, so we thought it was time to have her on ours. So we invited her to come onto the podcast and had a wonderful chat where we chat about all sorts of different things, mainly tech-related, not necessarily filmmaking-related, uh, a bit YouTube-related as well, so if that interests you, we talk about that. And we also chat about how she just came back from WWDC 2023, so the Apple keynote where they announced the Vision Pro headset, that new VR headset that Apple just announced. She'd actually seen it in person and has a bunch of things to talk about when it comes to the Vision Pro. So we discuss our thoughts and our opinions on it, and it's a solid episode. So without further ado, enjoy. Hello, Jacqueline. Welcome to the podcast. Honored to be here. This is our third time recording a podcast together now. This is, yes. you're right, because we were on your podcast at the Digital Dive twice oh, now. Yeah, and of you guys course, were like a fan course. favorite guest. People are obsessed. Oh, nice. really? Nice. Yeah. Oh, so the tables, awesome the tables have turned then. We have now yeah, switched well, it. Yeah, well, I now have then... to impress like, exactly. the TMS okay. listeners. That's right. All <laughs> these survive. questions are now directed at you, so uh, <laughs> no pressure or anything. Yeah, I'm um, stoked. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to jump right into this. You, I think you've been watching the podcast recently, so you even might not might know what this first question is, because I like to ask it to everybody, but like, you are, for people who don't know, you do tech on YouTube is kind of like your main thing. That's where they would probably yeah. know you from. Uh, how did you get into tech and what is essentially your origin story? How did you start doing this whole thing? Yeah. Oh, I've watched, like, I love this question because I think every creator has such a different story of how they got into it. And I think what's really cool about YouTube is you can filter a channel page by like first video. So like, please don't do that because the first video is horrible, but hypothetically you could, and you can kind of feel like the beginnings. They actually work. removed that feature. No, you can yeah, now, I, like if you go to the video tab, what? you can now you can now do most popular, latest, and for you. And there's YouTube, no more. What are, what are you doing? And, and there's That's no crazy. more oldest. Yeah. Oh, so I used I to like, do that all the time. I'd always go to a channel and then just scroll like basically oldest to newest. So and now then, you have to now, do it manually. You have to and so okay. with so a manually scroll down yeah. like through 300 videos. All right, that is yeah. less convenient. Hypothetically, you could still do it though and see a creator's journey. And what I think yeah, is amazing yeah. about that is like, you can see that no one's really a natural. Like everyone starts out not really understanding things, like putting themselves out there and starting from zero subscribers. So I started when I was 13 from zero right. subscribers. Um, my yeah. first video ever is like a microphone unboxing that my mom actually helped me film. Um, and I, I was buying a mic for the YouTube videos and okay. I... Like, open up the mic, but then decide that I'm going to, like, re-voice over it and post, which is, like, the worst idea ever. So everything is out of time, like, with my hand uh. movements. I'm making bad jokes. Like, it is the world's worst video. Um, but it was my starting point. And then I started really, like, for two main reasons. I was always really interested in tech. And I loved making videos, too. Kind of like you guys. Like, I was always, like, making videos with friends when I was, like, a kid. And then right. my grandma always needed tech help. So I was sending her like short little videos on like how to like download a Kindle book or reset her email password. And then I was also watching like these keynotes of like Apple would come up with a product and I'd be like skipping school to watch. And then my friends would text me like, all right, what do I need to know about the iPhone? So I kind of became <laughs> yeah. like the tech messenger in my life. Um, and I love talking about it. So I started posting to YouTube and that was kind of the nice. Journey. So wow. where do you think that like, where do you think that fascination with tech comes from? Do you think it's like your Ooh. parents or like, where do you think it's came environment maybe the environment yeah. nature versus nurture i don't know i think it's both honestly like my parents are both like pretty like techie and like into 
like they definitely were on the early adopter side of like smartphones and Photoshop and computers and oh, email yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I remember like when I was four years old, one of my best family friends got like an iPod or maybe I was like six or seven, got an iPod touch and I was yep. playing with it for like, he was showing me iKick on it, which is like this, one of the OG games on the app store. Um, and he was showing it to me and he was like so infectiously excited about technology that it really kind of made me excited about it too. But even before that, like, I don't know, I always loved it. I think what I really liked about it was like, it was very intuitive to me. And right. I also loved making videos and like, I really also like singing a lot and I feel like tech enabled a lot of like the creation process. Um, right. And then also I feel like anytime you're like good at something growing up, like you kind of like it more. Like, so I kind of naturally was like good with tech. And then it, like, because of that, I kept spending yeah. more, more time and liking it more. Well, I find that in, when you do that, people kind of like you turn into like the tech person. Yeah. And then totally. from there, your personality or basically you as a person become that thing. And then you kind of just get like exposed to a lot more because everyone's like, oh, you're the tech person. What should for I sure. do here? That kind of thing. So for sure. Oh, yeah. Really like for, for you guys too, right? Like you guys were like the film guys in school. So it's like anyone needs we were those advice, video. Like, yeah. We were those video guys. That's like our thing yeah, was like so video. So Oh, that's kind of that's, that's interesting, interesting to hear your parents. You said were, are like early adopters because I feel like a lot of people's parents are not, and they're like, yeah. my mom doesn't even know how to use the. I'm not saying my mom literally, but some yeah. people are like, my mom doesn't know how to use the remote control for the TV. I have to tape off the buttons she shouldn't be yeah. clicking. And oh my god, like yes. And you're saying that your parents early adopters of smartphones, and they were kind yeah. of with it. I'm like, okay, that's that that's probably where it came from because that's very that's more unique than than stories I've heard for sure. I've never thought about that before, but yeah, you're totally right. Like the fact that they're so good at tech makes my life so much better because I can share it with them like I know a lot of YouTubers yeah. say that they like their parents don't even understand what they do for work yeah. and I think yeah. that that is like so challenging I don't even think I don't think our parent or our mom at least doesn't necessarily understand what we do my dad probably has a bit better of an idea but my mom is a bit like so like who's paying you and where are you getting this money from <laughs> you're like, and, like you're traveling in the middle of yeah. the like country like what's yeah. going on exactly you're not gonna die so, right mm -hmm. you're like strapping right? like mm -hmm. a like camera to your head and like pioneering yeah, a new yeah. format on youtube like what's happening yeah but she's exactly. also our biggest fan so it's like she doesn't oh, know what's going on but she also just yeah. loves she it supports. whatever it is <laughs> yeah oh that's so, so funny yeah that's interesting that's interesting so uh something also about tech which is interesting is that it is a correct me if i'm wrong but i don't yeah, think i am me. but it's a mainly male dominated industry yeah you see you see all those people there's a bunch of dudes just walking around so totally. what is, how do you feel about being one of kind of the m main female tech YouTubers? What does that feel like for you? Yeah, it is really fascinating, like how male dominated it is. And it's interesting too, because I've always liked tech. So even when I was like growing up, like I went to coding camp, which was yep. like not good at coding at all. But Wait, even were you there, the only girl there? I feel like you I was one of girl. two. Yeah. Oh, there I was you like go. one yeah. of two. And then other interests too. Like I played a lot of sports growing up. And so okay. I went to like a softball or like a baseball camp, I guess one time. And I was like literally the only girl camper. So I was, yeah. got very used to like being like right. one of the only girls in like male dominated spaces. Um, and I, I mean, I would love more girls to get into tech. I, Carly Kloss runs this program called Code with Klossy, which oh, basically yeah. like, yeah. yeah, it's really cool actually. It gives like uh, scholarships to girls to learn how to code. I like got involved with that last year. I got to like attend the camp. And it, when someone goes to that, I forgot what the exact statistic was, but it was like, they were significantly more likely to go into computer science after if they had no interest before. So I think right, a huge yeah, part right. of it is like, we need to expose more girls earlier on to tech. I think there is kind of like this general undertone in society, like not being super interested in tech. Well, yeah, you see like the Silicon Valley tech bro. And like, yeah. that's oh, just like, sure. that's what you see. And then you're just like, well, obviously not a not women for thing. Me. So yeah. it's not, I mean, it's even not in a film, very, it's kind of male dominated, right? 
Yeah, it well, is. more like, it's yeah, not. definitely in terms of like the like camera operator, filmmaker side of things. But for females are definitely dominating like the actress and actor yes. side of things. But like also, the, the drama also side there's, of things. there's a lot more females in the photography side too. Like when it comes to oh, just photos and not video, you tend to get a lot more females in that. Uh, especially like wedding video is dominated by females. No way. That's um, fascinating. So it's just like, yeah, like being a male, you can, I mean, there's definitely males that do it and males, I, like I know many, but I do know also a lot of females that do wedding videography and things like that. So. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like I, I personally have had only incredible experiences. Like it hasn't really affected me. Um, but I, it is something that's like interesting. Like I tend to have like a higher percentage of females that watch the videos and like the other male reviewers and, yeah. um, I, and there are also downsides, like from like a commenter perspective, like just like audience relationship, 99.9% yeah. of the time is amazing. But as a female, like you do get some sexual comments at yeah. times. Yeah. I, yeah. I can imagine the comments that are in your, like the, the do not post section yeah. of YouTube, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. spam <laughs> section. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're just like, oh no, what is this comment right now? Yeah. The DMs, like, I think that, that <sighs> yeah. I mean, honestly, guys probably experience it in the more female dominated niches. Like if a guy was well, in like yeah. makeup or something, like it would probably be similar. True. I mean, yeah, I would say that though, like with men in that kind of space, especially on the internet, there are, men are a lot more forward than Ooh, interesting. females yeah. are. Now, I mean, this is like coming, throwing it back, like, but when we went viral on TikTok that yeah. one time, the amount of DMs that we got was absolutely insane. They all wanted I, to date you. Like I exactly. remember reading they're the like, comments oh my God, and they were like, these are the dream boys. Like they're yeah. down. Um, so yeah, exactly. you definitely get it on both sides. Like all the yeah. TikTok guys get it all the time. But exactly. that's and, interesting uh, too for you because that's a totally different audience than exactly. your YouTube videos. But, but that's mainly females, right? So like yeah, that, totally. but that, that is why that is why that a happened. A bunch of dudes following us for that. It was mainly mm -hmm. like women and they could yeah. be in, in uh, like high concentrations they can be very forward and very they can totally exactly. yeah well it's exactly. kind of like the um like i feel like every year there's like a new like internet guy that a lot of the, like teenage girls are obsessed with like it's like yeah. noah Centineo or like yeah um yeah. like yeah and that is like the one rare case where it's different but yeah generally in a lot of the niches like it's more so the guy commenters yeah. i mean some of that we there were some very creative and colorful <laughs> comments that we got on instagram like oh my god it's like ridiculous but yeah people anyways, that, go but, for but, it but that was also such a like that's such a 15 minutes of fame kind of thing for you yeah. it's like you've done this for years so like you have so much more time and exposure to experience so many other just god i couldn't even imagine yeah amazing so. things terrible things like both um yeah, but yeah it yeah. is it, i mean you guys have it too right where tiktok is like very interesting because it's very more like the way that you guys went viral more like superficial right they just like you for your looks oh, on yes, youtube it's yeah. interesting because it could be like it's definitely your looks but then uh, again on the negative side it's your looks but then because they're spending so much time with you they also feel like they intimately know you so yeah. you kind of get both um get but that then parasocial relationship yeah, side yeah parasocial and then romantic and you're like what is going on but yeah. like 99.9% .9 of the comments are amazing and like i yeah. i think one of my favorite parts about youtube is the community aspect like right. getting to oh, talk yeah. to people that have this shared tech interest because again when i started like no one liked tech. I was like the tech yeah. person in my life. And like, there was no one that related to the level of like intensity about it that I loved it. Um, and like filmmaking too. And so I think yeah. like one of my absolute favorite parts, the part that keeps me so motivated on YouTube is like posting a video and then talking to everyone that literally supports like, Oh, if they yeah. don't watch the videos, the career like doesn't happen. Like nothing happens. It's exactly. pretty wild. Well, cause I know that cause you like you interact with like obviously like MKBHD and like all like the, I don't know, big yeah, tech everyone people that loves and, you're, tech, yeah. and you're like friends with them and stuff. It's, it's kind of interesting you say that though. Cause for us, like, because TMS has been three people, now it's two people. We've always been our own kind of like community in like, in terms of like as an organization. That's cute, so we've yeah. never, we've never really kind of done the thing where we've kind of gone out 
a lot and kind of like expanded beyond and try to say collaborate with other people because we've always had people to collaborate with. Yeah. So it's interesting us coming back to YouTube and getting back into doing all this. We want to kind of like really get into collaborating with other filmmakers and do stuff with other people, not just ourselves. Yeah. Because um, that, that also helps probably keep things like, I don't know, interesting, fun, motivating. Yeah, you're like inspired. Like kind of you have people to inspired, like relate to. Exactly. I, what's really exactly. amazing about Tech YouTube that I feel like it's sad that film doesn't have is that there are constantly events. So like two days ago, I was in San Francisco for like the Apple yes. WWDC. I want to talk about that. So and yes, so we will that brings a community that. too, right? It's like yeah. I met all these YouTubers that I'm now really good friends with because we're all constantly flying to the same places, staying at the same hotel, having dinners together, going to the events together. Yeah. Like, and yeah. everyone understands like the grind of like pulling an all nighter to edit a video and like the excitement of getting be to try the first to one to post. It, yeah, be the first totally. person to post. So, so, so okay, can I add, like so when you Hit do me, that? Yeah. Say for example. Like MKBHD, he was the first video I saw about the Apple yeah, Vision Pro. Yeah, he killed it. So, do, so does he? Like, yeah, I saw his video got like first number one on trending and everything. Yeah, it's now, an amazing so video. So, does he basically? I don't know if you can if you know this or yeah. Uh, but like when he films a video, is he like okay, camera off, beeline it straight for the hotel and just start editing? I think we are like, all kind of like that. Like uh, okay. at the event, like we're. We're all hanging out and stuff before, but then yeah, like you're filming and then it's like it's go time. Like I remember, so there's I was no waste of time. Like everybody's there, and then they just like get things just cranking yeah. as soon as they're. Okay, it depends yeah. though, because his, there his, are his, certain events. No, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was gonna say his video is currently sitting at 12 million views. So it's oh, unreal. Shit. In three oh. days. Yeah, timing. So. Well, first of all, he's incredible. Like I actually think that that video is a masterclass in explaining tech to like tech enthusiasts yeah. and the yeah. general public. Like it is yeah. so well done. Every single person that has asked job, me yeah. about the event, I'm like, watch this video. Um, but also it shows like timing is so crucial because you could create an amazing explanation, but if you post it like five days after the event, no one cares. So exactly. I think like there is yeah. a time pressure in tech and honestly in any like reporting niche where it's like timing does play like kind of half the formula. Yeah. But I feel like MK, like I feel like Marquez has a system down pat for getting videos yeah. out. Like time to market for him seems so freaking fast. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Cause I think it's like any creation, like well, honestly what I'm in the process of doing right now and I think what you guys are too is like figuring out a format that people love that is also sustainable because yeah. I think the worst yeah. spot to be in as a creator is like making a video that is so taxing that when you finish it, you're like F this, if I ever have to do this again, I'm going to lose it. Like, yes. And I've been in that yep. position several times. Um, and so I think for him, like he knows exactly what people love, what format like gives him yeah. most value and how he can make it. And so it's yeah. like, honestly, like I had this with like a lot of the hands-on videos. Like I know exactly, and now I'm changing the format because I want to grow the channel bigger. And so I feel like the next step is changing the format, but it used to be like right. sit in a hotel room, record for 10 minutes of a roll, cut that down to like five minutes overlay b-roll and i could like finish a video in three to four hours um right. and so i think like as a creator especially when you get into event season having the system down is super important yeah, um so exactly. that's going to be like september to december of this year um yeah, but yeah nice. that's kind of the event and then also now a lot of the manufacturers like set up dinners and stuff with like the strategy team and the r&d teams you can kind of meet and ask questions they uh, tend to do yeah. it before the events though because they know after the events people are like in go mode of trying to like get the video oh get yeah, the yeah mode, exactly yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I remember seeing some place, I think it was on Twitter or it was a podcast, but Marquez was saying, oh yeah, I sit down and I edit an entire video in one sitting. Yeah. And to me, I was like foaming at the mouth because I'm like, this is like, if I could do that, yeah. oh my God, my life that'd would be, be awesome. so, that'd be How awesome. How long is it, you guys can't do it because it takes so long? Well, it's, yeah, it's that well, as well be as- sit, You're going to be sitting in that chair for 24 hours. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not, and also <laughs> like, wild. like, you, yeah. you, you kind of just like- I'm assuming in one sitting, he means like he, you can bang it out in like a four hour edit, right? Four. I used to do edit. like a nine hour edit in one sitting. Okay. Wow. So I think yeah. maybe he does like a nine, like a, 
He's okay. like leaves the event at like four and is up until like two a.m. type of thing. Okay, sure, yeah, but but even then, like I'm just even saying for his normal YouTube videos, he probably is like sitting down for like four hours at a time, maybe or whatever. And it's like one of those things like the, our videos, you just can't do that because you need to, like you can sit down for four hours, but you're only going to get about. 50% of it done or yeah. 30% of it done by the time you get four hours in. So. Well, then it's also, there's always, there's always typically a lot more going on in the video. So there's lo- like more locations, yeah. more footage to deal with. Like You're for like him, threading it's, the story exactly, as you go. Exactly. For him, it's like A-roll and B-roll, right? That's the two kind of main visual assets that he's dealing with and then titles and all that kind of stuff. So he can kind of build the narrative through his A-roll. So he just films what he needs to say in A-roll and then he's just plunking stuff on top where for us it's like okay we're doing a roll b roll now we're cutting to vlog and now we're cutting to like a bunch of other stuff different location this time okay transition shot to another location so it gets like a lot more complicated yeah like i've been doing more like day in the life which is exactly that so it's like the cutting between and then i also have done the very traditional a roll b roll they both take a tremendous amount of time i think people underestimate how long the a roll b roll takes because you're still like cutting for moments of like narratively it has to be incredible because you have less visual things going on so like you need yep. to keep the interest of what you're saying so there's a lot more pre-planning and then also what people shots you use like how you zoom like all of it actually matters so i think he probably spends a ton of time but i will say yeah like they're definitely when you have any amount of like story of serendipity like you're not planning it yeah. inevitably adds more time to the edit and they're also i think and let me know if you guys have this too there's inevitably a time in the project where you're like i hate this like this is the worst video i've ever made like every time this is never every, gonna work out time. okay like i'm glad clockwork. you experienced that too because i like on the last video i was like all right this video just sucks and i don't even want to make it and then when yeah. i finished it, i was like all right this is good like i'm, yeah, I'm happy yeah. to hit upload yeah I was is, is it actually that good not i'm not even sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so you've seen it so many times in so many different ways that you're just like this just seems terrible to me now but you know yeah. what let's let it rip and see what happens and everyone's like i love it you're like you yeah. know what you I post love it, it people too. are like wow this video is really good and you're like okay i guess maybe like i don't know yeah Whereas I think yeah. when it's like more of a like a roll b roll, like you kind of you're then judging like yourself on like how articulate you are. It's kind of like a podcast. I feel like the podcast I never question as much of like does this suck because it's just no. a conversation. Yeah. So it's either good or it's not. But with the exactly. video, there's so many yeah, more exactly. like what music choice you did, like the cuts. It's just a lot more artistic, which is amazing. But then there's more room for like hating it. Right. Yeah, well, now, how, exactly. did you? So you went to San Francisco for the this is w- wait, w- wait, WDC. But before yeah. you get into that, how long are these events usually? Mm. Really depends. So like the keynote is normally an hour to two hours. So that's okay. like where they like tell you about the product. Then you have the hands-on. So the hands-on yeah. is like you go right from the keynote. Now you have the product you're filming. I will say a lot of the companies now do like a pre-brief, which is like you see the product before the announcement even happens and you get an embargo. So they're like, here's a product, film the video, but don't post it until X time and date. Okay. That makes it less of a grind because then you have like four or right. five days to work on the video. It also makes the video do worst typically because now 30 people are posting all at the same time. Whereas yeah, if right. you're doing it from the event, then if you just work really hard and you're first, there's less competition of like Yeah, videos. it's like a survival of the fittest at that point. Yeah, and also like you, when you're doing like an embargo, like pre-brief, everyone has like the same exact notes and like you're just all given the same information. Whereas when you're at an event, right. there's more like serendipity of like you could pick a different angle. Um, right. And then also it depends on the event, Mitchell, but like for Google IO, for example, when we were there, like it was like three or four days because we met with R and D, we toured the factory. So like you have the keynote, oh, wow. but you also There's have the other like aspects. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I would have thought you arrive. It's like a one day thing. You go there, you watch the keynote, you have your hands on time and you're done. That's yeah. it. A lot of the so. times it is. The Apple event was. The Apple event, I was okay. there for like 24 hours. Like I flew home on a oh, red right. eye and I edited on the red eye, like the video. So I got there like the night before, was there and then I was gone. But a right lot of on. the companies will do like more 
grandiose things, especially if like you're traveling a lot, they want to like give you more time. Like when I went to South yeah. Korea, it was like five days. Right. Nice. Now, nice. do they do they like when these events happen? I'm assu- are you getting invited to these events or is it just you go because you're a tech person? You get invited. Yeah. So it's like a limited okay. list. So do I think they, that that's do they yeah. cover flights and stuff for you or like depends on the company. Almost all of them do. Um, like okay. they'll cover travel and lodging, but some of the companies don't. Um, oh, yeah. And then for those, like you could either if you live in the like city, then you go, or like you can weigh like, is it going to be worth it for me to go to this? Right. And you can like pay, or right. you can get a sponsor. Yeah. How many of those? Like how many like invites? Do you do you get a lot of invites, or do you not? Yeah. Or like how many of them do you get versus do you actually take like take up on? And how many of them, how many of them do you pass on? Yeah, that's such a good question. I would say when I started, it was so like me cold calling people and being like, oh, like I really want to go to this event. And like, I wasn't getting invited to most of them. And I'm like randomly finding PR people on the internet and being like, hey guys, I'm Jacqueline. Here's what I'm doing on YouTube. Would love to come. Um, (laughs) And honestly, like for anyone listening, cold emailing and cold calling is like the key. No one does it. It's so effective. You just got to like full send. You never know what happens. Um, And I think a lot of people underestimate. And and that's actually worked? Like you've actually like... Almost every single time. Like I can't overestimate how cold emailing has changed my life. Like if I had to point to one thing in my career of like, this is why it's been successful in certain ways thus far, it would be like the third door idea, which is like in life, there are three ways to get things. You have, this is like the method. It's a book I actually love. It's called. I've never heard this. This is interesting. Okay. So the first door is like the traditional path. So if you like picture that life is like a nightclub, the first door is waiting outside on the line. The second door is a VIP entrance. So like, you know, someone, you have a lot of money, like someone's going to get you in. And the third door is like going in through like the kitchen. And so the idea is that there's always a way in, but if you try to do the first door, it's a numbers game. But if you try to create serendipity and luck for yourself, then it's easier. And so having the mindset of like, everything is figure outable and I can make it happen has like changed my life. Um, I love that. I I truly believe like something that I think Steven believes as well is that the world is not nearly as complicated as people make it out to be. Agree. A big, a big reason why like people think the world is so much more complicated than it actually is is purely because of marketing because i'm gonna get all conspiracy theorists here but i I feel like big tech not big tech necessarily but like these big companies and just like governments in general want people to believe that the world is way more complicated than it actually is because then no one challenges it no one actually like because they think oh it's just it's too complicated i'm not even gonna try but yeah if you just give it a shot and you just give it a shot yes i love that totally i mean it's the whole thing of like i think a lot of there's so many false equivalencies made like oh, like you can't really like want to excel in your career and be happy in life. Like, I don't think that those are necessarily directly related. I think you can have both. And I think a lot of like times you're conditioned to be like, oh, well you can't have it all. So you don't even try. It's like, give it a go. See what your emotional experience is. If you get like 80% of the way there, you're 80% of the way there. You got more, way more than if you just basically- Like, don't give up before you even started. Yeah, and I think so much of the marketing like pushes that. And like, I remember I went to a networking event with a friend and- um, I just like asked this person for their email. I was like, oh, like I love talking to you. I'd love to get your email. And as we walked away, they were like, oh my God, I had no idea you could do that. Like there are no rules. Like obviously there are, <laughs> like, there are like some rules, yeah. but like generally, like as long as you're being a good person, they're like, just figure out, like try Like I liked writing emails enthusiastically. I remember I was like showing an email that I wrote to someone. They were like, wow, like that is so like personal. I was like, yeah, but like yes. people are yeah. people. Like why are we writing so formally for like these business I, things? I do like, say that like so, something that you do really well is you are very good at being enthusiastic and complimenting <laughs> people. So I'm certain if the, if even 10% of that plays over into your emails, people are going to be like, well, yeah, I have to respond to this person. Like I feel <laughs> guilty <you>. not to. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would feel like a terrible person not responding. Like, <laughs> the amount of energy and stuff. You're like, I might as well. Cause like, it basically, oh, yeah, I appreciate it you. That's so wholesome. Yeah. I think course. like 
I mean, you guys aren't missing out too. Like, I think the amount that you guys have done in your career is genuinely incredible. And like oh, working with all you. these dealerships and all these things, like no one thinks that that's possible. They're like, oh, you have to do the film school path. You have to get this first job and this job. And this. It's yeah. like, yeah. skip all of that. Just third door it, like find the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, I think people underestimate like just being generally a good person, how far like people, like I want to work with good people that are likable. And so if someone yeah. has those traits, so much more likely to want to like be friends with them, work with them, et cetera. And so I think again, going back to like just full circle back to the events thing, I would cold yeah. email and I would have like no expectations. I would be like, I just love the company and I love technology. I would love to go. And right. a lot of time it worked. And then now it's more so like inbound. And in terms so, of like, so, so, yeah, sorry, I was going to say like, what kind of companies are you cold emailing here? Like is it every like company Apple, you can imagine? Android, yeah. Like the, really? Apple, and, and, Google, but where Samsung. do you find the email for those? Like, I'm just curious where you find it's the so email online. For those it's so accessible. You literally just look up Samsung PR rep. Immediately, oh, really? like you can find oh, the wow. like people underestimate how easy and accessible oh. a lot of information is. Yeah. Okay. And, and then I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna start looking just because I'm like, totally yeah, I can it. email the person, but I just don't know where to look for their email. They will respond. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, should we start a, a tech channel? We'll just start cold emailing people. I mean, get in GMS there. Tech. I would be. <laughs> I so want to go to these events. They did. sound like so much fun. Like it'll be so yeah, awesome. They're amazing. They're actually like one of my favorite parts of the entire. Like I remember my first right. event ever I went was like a Samsung event, and that was like the first time that I met all the other tech YouTubers. I was like maybe 15 at the time. And it changed my entire life. Like, it was oh, the coolest event in the world. Um, and so I think, yeah, like, people, obviously, those are, like, the highlights. The what I, A quote that I think about a lot, and you guys definitely will probably resonate, is, like, everyone wants to be a YouTuber, but most people will hate the process. People uh -huh, want the result. Yeah. So, like, the events are part of the process, but a lot of it is the result. Because most of the time, it's sitting in front of the desk, it's editing, it's trying out the technology, it's, like, filming. That's the stuff that I love. It's the community building. And then the events are also things that I love. But if you like look at like 365 days a year, at most, maybe it's like 30 events. And so I think that yeah. when people are thinking about getting into YouTube, they should definitely love the process of making videos and creating a company yeah. community over just like what shows up on Instagram on like the highlight reel. Yeah. I mean, like that's even like, because uh, I mean, I've played the mind gymnastics and the mind game of being like, oh, what would it be like to start a new YouTube channel? And, yeah. And uh, but the funny thing is that because we have done YouTube for so long and we have the reps in now, starting one now would be so much like magnitudes easier than it would be like at the beginning because now we know totally. what it takes to actually do. And we also have ex expectations about like, okay, we know how long it's going to take. So we're not going to expect this to go viral next weekend. Yeah. And, I remember uh, Alex Hermosi was saying that it took four years before his podcast gained any traction. It's yeah. so and he funny. It three like, times a week. Yeah. He's, he's, popped off like yeah whatever he's almost at two million subscribers now i think on youtube but i found that guy i follow, started following him when he had thirty thousand subscribers wow oh my god like, how'd you way, discover him or i don't know i was just surfing on youtube and i found this like this business guy and i was like i was clicking through and i it was one of his like really like kind of like because back in the day he just posted youtube videos but he didn't try very hard so the thumbnails yeah. weren't that good the titles weren't that good and i remember just seeing this video and being like yeah, who the heck is this guy? He's like this big, giant, yoked dude, and he's like yeah. doing business. So I click on the video, and what sold me is, you might remember this if you yeah, have looked me. back at some of his older videos, but he, he used to have a saying, which he doesn't have anymore, which is like, uh, hey, my name's Alex, da, da, da. I have nothing to sell you. Yeah, to, I remember that. He used, he used to say that all the time, and I like vividly remember Stephen was in the room with me, not watching the video. He was just sitting on the couch, and I, I, watched, I heard, pressed play on the video, heard that, and I paused it and I said, Steven, you got to come and listen to this guy. Oh, right? I and then that. I basically, I was like, I showed Steven. I was like, I was like, listen to this. And he says, I have nothing to tell you. And I'm like that right there. I literally vividly said, and consciously said that right there 
makes me tr- instantly trust this guy. And I remember telling Steven about that. He had like 23,000 or wow. something, thou- like, yeah, thousand subscribers. And I remember being like, yeah, this guy's, he's got like some pretty good stuff. And then once he started kind of blowing up on YouTube and stuff, I was kind of like, no, please stop. Like, he's kind of yeah, like my, you, well, I, like I knew about him. And he, I, yeah, I want to keep it as my secret because it's like, especially his older stuff, I will say, is like 10 times more valuable than his current stuff because his current oh, stuff is very, it's very like for the algorithm kind of like engagement focus. So it's, it doesn't go as deep, but his older oh, stuff goes much deeper if you're interested in that kind of thing. So I remember watching it and being like, wow, this is such good stuff. And I, I binged all of his older videos and then he started popping off and I was like, Okay, well, here we are. Like, I this can't stop. This is like when them. someone's favorite artist goes viral. They're like so happy for them, but then on the other hand, they're like, "But you're mine." Like, I, yeah, I want mine. you to stay yeah. mine. Please stop. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, he's amazing. I think he's an example. I talk about this with one of my friends all the time of like people that are just excellent, and like when you strive for excellence, like you, like often people that really strive for excellence try to strive for excellence in every area of their life. I've noticed. Yeah. So like he's yeah. excellent in like his business, but then he also wanted to YouTube excellently. Um, and I think also. Something I think about a lot that I think a lot of YouTubers do not focus on is community. Like, yeah. ultimately, I think that community is what leads to longevity. Obviously, it's excellent content. But I, I think when say, I look at the YouTube... Yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I will say that, say someone like Alex Hermosi, he doesn't focus on the community as much as someone else would. But he still uh, doesn't, like, the Mosey Nation. Like, and, yes, like, he does. The, I, I, I think he's getting into it. I think he's getting into it more. But, like, I remember before, even the kind of when he started posting his, like, more polished videos, he's, he's just kind of like a post and walk away type guy and mm. just doesn't doesn't respond to any comments, doesn't do anything like that. Um, so yeah, like that's my two cents on it. You could have a totally two different, uh, totally different opinion, but I, I feel like he's a bit more of just like, a, I'm running a business, I'm doing this, I'm posting videos because I know it's going to be good and they're good videos and they're valuable. It's just, he's like, I'm just not going to stick around and do this stuff like answering to one person's comment because there's no leverage there really and it's not really scalable. Um, yeah, so I definitely kind of think my... he doesn't do the one person comment, but I think what he does really well is he's like, here's who we are and here's who we're not. And I think yeah. what's equally like, there's a book called Primal Branding that I actually haven't read, but it's been very recommended to me, so I probably should. Yeah. But yeah. it talks about a lot, like this idea of like, when you're creating a community online, you have to define, like, these are the values that we stand for, what we like, what we don't like. And then you're obviously going to repel some people that are like, oh, Alex, like really cares a lot about work. Like that gives me the ick, don't want it. But then yeah. you're going to like get people that want to be excellent and care a lot about work. Yeah. And I think um, that's something he does really, really well. And I think that that is something that a lot of creators like the community enables everything. And I also like, there yeah, are people yeah. that have the same interests as you. It's like the coolest thing in the world. Like I think that YouTube is the ultimate flywheel for serendipity. You post a video, you never know who's watching it. It could be like yes. your yes. idol. It we, could be like this person that, that like well. you're going to become yeah. best friends with. Totally. Right. Like even the way you and I met, like all of us, we met. We've never met in like, person yet. Never. None of us. That's crazy. And, actually. I forgot and I feel we like you're like a good friend of ours that Same. we can chat with that's about most crazy. things. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty nice. And I'm like, we haven't seen you in person. I don't even know what your oh my like, gosh. bottom half uh, looks you, like. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you can tower over me as far as I know. I don't <laughs> know how tall you are. That's crazy. Yeah. Like. 5'8", but, like, that is wild. Same. I'm 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, <laughs> no way. Okay, so we're, like, similar height. Yeah, that's, Same like, height. actually, cr- like, wild that we haven't met in person. Yeah, and, like, we literally yeah. talk all the time. Like, we've had, like, hour-long conversation, deep dives multiple times. Like, I think it's, yeah, YouTube just enables all the serendipity of, like, you never know yeah. what's going to happen when you post online because it can lead to a job. It can lead to friendships. Like, I think yeah, even if yeah. you never blow up on YouTube, you still learn a ton of valuable skills and it will at least lead to like one serendipitous thing. Well, something, oh, yeah. something I've noticed about YouTube, especially also in the, like since COVID when now that everybody's wanting to say get onto YouTube and post content and stuff is that you even need even less people now for that serendipity yeah. to happen because oh, there's man, just so that. many more people on the platform Agreed. because it, it's just like, it's interesting because like before 
you would have like, you need like say a hundred thousand, 200,000 fault subscribers to actually make anything close to a living on YouTube. But now totally. there's so much more opportunity in terms of like, you could make a full-time living on YouTube with 15,000 subscribers. I'm fairly yeah. confident if you totally. play it right in terms of, okay, you approach the right people, try to work with the right brands and especially have the right audience that's engaged. Yes. Um, and even then like making friends and all this other kind of stuff with like other opportunities, you need way less people now. So it's gotten Agreed. even more accessible. Like today, literally the CEO of YouTube just like retweeted something that I posted. Like the, nice. if I wasn't what? on YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, and if I wasn't on YouTube, like what are the chances I would ever meet Neil? Like it would be almost nothing. I would have to yeah. Yeah. like work my way up at YouTube, like brick by brick. Whereas like, it's incredible. First of all, that he's so engaged yeah. in the community. Like it's obviously him being an awesome CEO, but it's also like, YouTube, you just never know what doors are going to get opened. Um, exactly. And exactly. I think like the whole like critter-led media company thing, also it's like this Apple then happens, right? Marquez Video got 12 million views. Like what traditional media got like 30,000. Like the scales are tilting a little bit and where people are getting their messaging from yeah. too. And that's so yeah. exciting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, that is like, that's huge. Okay, so okay, going back to the Apple event then. Yeah. Have So you have you tried on the Apple Vision Pro? Have you tried I it I did out? not. There were like a couple people that tried it on. I didn't. I'm so bummed about it. I emailed them being like, oh, I need to try this. Um, I heard amazing things. Yeah, we saw it. So like we saw okay. it. We just didn't get to like try it. Um, okay. Or some people did. But Marquette tried yeah. it. And it's like magic. I also read a like Twitter thread by like a neurobiologist who worked on the product really early on. And okay. it was oh, yeah. crazy how, so it uses your eyes to like select things and it can tell where you're looking and then it will highlight screen. And she was saying that it does it based on your pupils to the point where like you, your conscious mind may not even know that that's what you're trying to do next. Like the headset may know before you, wow. which is like Holy. very scary and kind of dystopian, Whoa, but also incredible. That's so <laughs> awesome. I cannot, honestly, I'm all for like, Kind Ooh, of everybody in take. headsets, kind of, <laughs> to the kind of like, but I will say, I'm saying that coming from a person who I don't try to live my entire life online. I do try, like, I do have things outside of yeah. online that I like hobbies and things that are not computer or electronic focused, like being outdoors, hiking, skiing, yeah. whatever it is. I, so I like, I enjoy being outside and having that. So for like, if, if that doesn't go away and if people still do that, like, that's great. But for the time that you are online to be like totally plugged in and like, I'm all game for that. I think that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's it looks a, so much like ready player one. Like I, I remember yeah. the event, like the reactions were very mixed on like some people being like, is this dystopian? And then other people yeah. being like, wow, this is like going to actually change the world in the same way that the iPhone did. Like if you expand yeah. the timeline five, 10 years from now, it's already so good as gen one. I think yeah. we're closer to that. My hesitation and like what you're saying is like, I want to make sure that people, and obviously I have no control over it, but I want to make sure that people hypothetically don't just like stay in their room all day on yes, the headset. Yes, have a balance. Yeah. That's what I think is very, going to be very important, especially coming in the next, tw I think 20, 30 years, balancing online life versus offline life is going to become such totally. a, probably a, like an epidemic. In I mean, have you like, seen the AI girlfriend thing? Like yes. that's like taken off. Yep, yes. I know. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But, but I, I like. I can't wait for the day where I can be sitting in an airplane seat with the, my headset on, and I can have four monitors yeah. open, and I can just be doing whatever. And like, I don't even need to have a screen in front of me, and I've got unlimited screen real estate. It's like, and I'm on an airplane, right? Like, that totally would be awesome. That's yeah. sick. Yeah. The other thing that I mentioned at the event, and I haven't gotten an answer on, and I don't even know. I, they probably haven't even researched it yet. Is like, is it good for your eyes to have a screen that close to your eye that bright for that long? Yeah, that's these right. are like the downside yes. health implications. I, like, I guess the good side is that. that I guess the good side is that this entire this quest or not. I keep calling it the Quest Pro, which is the like it's the Vision Pro because that's the, Vision the, yeah, Pro. That's the Meta one. Yeah, but the uh, the Vision Pro ha only has a two hour battery life, so it's like you can't even get through a whole movie if you wanted to. True. So, 
Yeah, you could do that. I guess you plug it in if you want to. But I think eventually yeah, it, it's going to be like glasses and like oh probably like oh probably 10, 15 years from now like that's close and so it's just like I I mean they're doing this right now with social media right we got social media yeah. we didn't know what the bad implications are going to be incredible net positives like all of our careers are from social media and the yeah, downside yeah. is like body dysmorphia comparison culture like a lot of bad yeah. things have oh, come yeah, out of yeah. it mental health crises I think it could be the same thing with the headset where there's a lot of amazing things but. We just have to like keep our eye on the negative things so we can try to like oh, remedy them. Oh, exactly. Well, it's, it's definitely it's, gonna be a graph where it's like they say like it's gonna be a big problem, and then they're gonna try to say even like I don't even know if they're gonna overcorrect it, but it's gonna take a while to come back down yeah. to like not being a problem anymore. So like, social media I think is at its kind of like it started and it kind of went way up, and I think it's yeah. kind of on its way down now. Agreed. But it's still gonna uh, take a while to get there. Yeah. Um, but I think that like this this could very well be very similar where it goes way up and like people are spending months and years on end in their room <laughs> not doing anything as sad as that probably sounds it's probably a react will be a reality at some point yeah and then people will kind of why like basically smarten up to it and be like oh shit maybe i should be spending a year of my life inside and then it'll yeah. come back down and like it's yeah. like smoking right it's- smoking became super popular then now it's on the way out so for sure. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's interesting because like when we were in, I don't know if you remember this, Mitchell, but we were in Germany helping with Tom Sachs's art show. There's a guy there who was a yes, uh, I do remember that. For, he was a former NASA engineer and who currently worked at Apple. No way. And it's kind of funny because and he knew he uh, his name his name was also Tom. I don't know what his okay, last name was. That's but bizarre. His, this guy's right. name was also Tom. But it was Tom. interesting because he also was friends with Mark Rober, so he knew Mark Rober no while way. working at NASA, and then he he knew about it up until. Mark Rober left NASA to go and start his YouTube channel. Yeah. And uh, wow. it's it kind of interesting because he's like, oh, now this guy currently works at Apple. And he's talking about And then we said, so can you tell us anything about like yeah. what you guys are doing? And he's like, no, no, no. It's like all it's so NDA. Like, yeah, Mark Rober said that in an interview too. He was like, I literally yeah. can't say anything I've done. Exactly. Which is why it's but, shocking that this person was able to say on Twitter. Yeah. But you were well, going to say, but. but I, I was just going to say that he probably knew of this Vision Pro two wow. years ago when this happened because i'm That's guessing crazy. that it probably took this like it probably took a good five years think, to develop yeah, I think it was like a solution for this like yeah, yeah it, it probably took years so he probably knew of at that moment he probably knew what the vision pro was and what it was going to be like um but obviously couldn't say anything and today two years later is the day that he was able to kind of like actually yeah. be like Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's what it was. Wild. We can't confirm this. This is speculation, but it's speculation at the most, the, t- the <laughs> highest like degree. We're like conspiracy deep diving the whole podcast, but exactly. that's not, that tracks. But it's weird exactly. because normally it's like you're fully NDA'd, but I, yeah. uh, weirdly on Twitter this year, I've been seeing a lot of people talk about what they've done in the Vision Pro. Um, Interesting. So I don't know if like maybe Apple's trying to like get the tech more out there. I saw Mark Zuckerberg's reaction to it, which I thought was like fascinating from a PR perspective. I, 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 I didn't like, see it. What was it? So he was kind of like, we think that this could be the future, but it's not the future that we want. We think it's like too expensive, not accessible. Oh of, course, Mark, of course, Mark. Of course, Mark. Right? He's, just classic. Classic. He's just chapped. Classic. He's just chapped that Apple came out with one better and it's like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. Shit, we're, we missed it. And then yeah, he's well, like, yeah, he Apple knows. did it so much better. And he was like, um, if you like look at their ads, you can see everyone's like socially isolated. We think that it's like, should be like a more social experience, which I agree with in theory, but like the metaverse yeah. is not the social experience I want. Like a little avatar nah. running around, like nah. that gives me such a major ick. And like, well, it's, I yeah. saw this TikTok actually, which made great points, and they were talking about the like the how like they were using this this Vision Pro in a isolated room and stuff, and okay. they, it's because they said that Apple understands the skeuomorphism. Do you know what skeuomorphism no, is? No, hit me. So oh, skeuomorphism. It's like a design thing. It's a design uh, thing I, I, where it's. Okay, like, I don't know this, so please. So yeah, explain. skeuomorphism is the thing. Is the thing. So back when the iPhone first launched, all the icons and apps and everything that the iPhone 
had looked like the actual device that they were trying to replicate. So a, a classic example is the Notes app looked like a pad of paper with handwritten text. Oh, interesting. Right? Okay. Nothing like it does today because like that's early iOS and stuff. And so Apple's design language basically started out being like, hey, this iPhone takes what you already do in your real life but just puts it online. And then okay. once people get used to using it on their phone, they then change the design to be the minimal kind of like futuristic style that it is today. And yeah. so their whole idea behind that was saying, Nobody's going to want to use these things if they're so, no one's going to want to use these products if they're so far removed from what they currently experience as reality today. So we yes. have to make it like, you basically have to bridge the gap by making it super accessible first and then start changing it into what it, you want it to eventually be. So that relates to the Vision Pro being like, okay, people understand that you're not going to want to wear this headset right now when you buy one in a public place. You're not going to want to wear this headset with a bunch of people staring at you with you with yeah. this thing on looking around like this. Like and a so maniac. they said, yeah, exactly. And so they're saying that like, so this guy made great points saying like, oh, that in all the marketing material, you're an isolated room in doing, doing activities that you would normally be doing alone anyways. Yeah. On so your once phone. people, exactly. Like when you're on your phone, you're usually not hanging out with other people. So when you get this headset and you start wearing it and you get used to wearing it, you'll eventually get adopt into the basically the idea that you can then use it with other people and it becomes more normalized. Right. So then when they start using marketing material where you use it with other people, it's not so jarring and people aren't like, that ain't for me. Like I can't That's do that. That's right. Yeah. And so it's I, the I never skeuomorphism. It's a skeuomorphism of the vision pro being like the design now, but like give it three, four years. I bet you they're going to start coming out with commercials with a bunch of people wearing them all at once. Yeah. And like all where you're playing games together and you're all wearing the headset. I, I can almost I guarantee it. it. And I bet the headset will look different. Like, it's going to be less in obvious, right? Um, exactly. exactly. Do you guys see the way that... So, for anyone that doesn't know with the Vision Pro, um, it actually will detect... It has, like, six cameras, and it will... All right, well, first thing, get back, I'll get back to that in a sec, but I'm also yeah. glad that Facebook isn't the one killing it because, from a privacy standpoint, Apple has explicitly said that they're not going to share, for example, iris data on, like, where you're looking on the screen, which is huge because, like, if Facebook yeah. had that and they were able to see, oh. like... Like, if we're going back to, like, the predicting, like, the action before you take it, how effective could advertising become? Like, that would be oh scary. Oh, my God. Well, that's right? what I heard at first. I was like, this is huge. And especially Meta being an, pretty much an advertising, advertising company. company. right? So Apple's exactly. not going to share any of the data. It stays on the device, they said, I think. So that's huge. But just going back to the other thing, um, in terms of, like, making it more accessible, they also have this, th this feature where since it has six cameras, it can detect if someone's coming close to you, and then it will actually show the user's eyes. So yep. it looks yeah, like it's showing that. the eyes, but what it's actually doing is taking the cameras in the inside and photographing the eyes and putting it out. So it's like not right. actually like a translucent piece of glass. Um, but that goes back to like, they were just trying to normalize it. And then eventually I think the hope is like tech keeps getting better and better and better. And it becomes like a regular pair of glasses, kind of like Google Glass. Yeah. Right. It's kind yeah. of ahead yeah. of its well, time. Way, was way, yeah, way ahead of its time. My, okay, actually question for you. How do you yeah. think something like this vision pro is going to affect your life if you were to say get one say tomorrow yeah. and let's also say you get one say two or three years from now when it's a bit better how do you think yeah. it would affect what you'd currently do so i think thinking like the idealistic dream like potentially dream also dystopian picture is like eventually it's a pair of glasses you throw on it replaces your yeah. phone your laptop everything all of it's in one device you can use it for navigation you can use it for your displays you can get text like i think that's the eventual like very long time away goal, like could be like Ready Player One-esque, but hopefully not dystopian. I yeah. think in the short term, if I got it tomorrow, it would probably be mainly a media consumption device. I know that still wearing that type of headset makes people kind of dizzy after a while. Um, okay. So right. I don't know if I could like, or I, that's what I've heard from some of the people yeah, yeah. like that have used like meta quests and stuff. So I don't know if I could edit on it. Cause like a 10 hour edit with the display that close, like 
I can't yeah, wait for that day. I, I was thinking, I was like, have you seen the first Iron Man movie where like there's yeah. a really iconic scene where Tony, I, I think it's all over TikTok now because everyone's kind of referencing it, but like oh, Tony shit. Stark, like windows are coming in and he's turning yes, stuff I'm obsessed the, with, with that. his hands. And I'm like, I cannot wait until editing is like that where you can just be like, boom, boom, do this. Yep, yes. turn this, turn this, push this, pull this. And you're like, you do everything with your you're hands. You're just like a and badass. So, yeah. so quick. And I'm like, it make you feel so cool too. And also like the, the gap in between like what you want to do and the action is going to become smaller and smaller and smaller. Exactly. So right now when you want to edit a video, right? You're not like limited the idea to a mouse Holy. Yeah, yeah, like when you want to edit a video right now, you have the idea in your head and then you have to have the skill of understanding editing, finding the right music, pacing, etc. I think the goal with AI and all these things is like to make that gap smaller and smaller. So it's like idea in your head, execution. And yeah. so with the Vision Pro, it's like idea in your head, you want to like hit this tab, you literally just move your eye and then you hit the tab. Or like you move your hand and then you're clicking something. So I think it's trying to make like the tech almost become like part of like the way you interact with the world, yeah. which is a nice. pro and a con. Yeah. How would it impact your lives if you guys like got it tomorrow? What would you do? I just can't wait for the day that I can have like a full on, like, cause my, my biggest problem with the editing videos is that I hate needing to like say scroll like, mm. for a long timeline or like if it's a really big timeline, I have to expand. Yeah. So I'd love to have the ability to be like, have just a massive timeline with a, massive screen where instead of needing to scroll, I can just turn my head and be like, Oh, okay, over there yeah. and over there. Oh, and I can drag stuff, move it way over there. Like Ooh. having so much more yeah. real estate. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. And then other than that, I don't know. I just have to wait and see what kind of comes out and then, uh, yeah, go from I agree. There. I, like I mentioned the four, like the plane seat thing, you're sitting there and you have four monitors in a plane. Yeah. I yeah. think that is going to be so cool. Well, that with happen. noise canceling headphones is going to be Unreal. the best thing ever. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. interesting. Cause right now flights are like the only place where like, I kind of like dissociate and I don't listen to like, a lot of the time. I don't listen to anything or read anything. I just like sit in silence. Oh, so really? yeah. interesting. It's going to now take that time away, but it'll be sick. But the other thing that I'm thinking is like, it's interesting what products kind of leave tech YouTube and become general public. It's normally Apple products. Like think about like the fact that this is all over yes. TikTok right now and I'm getting yes. texts about it. Well, yeah. Yeah. If Samsung I, did it, nobody, like nobody in the real world. Yeah. Real even if it's amazing, would they wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't text me about it. Right. It's like mainly like, Apple, sometimes Google, but mainly like, Apple. Like, well, some people don't even know a folding phone exists. Yeah. Totally. Like a, a modern folding phone. Yes. Like, and however, if Apple if did it, Apple it would be huge. It, It'd be huge. Well, People that, be like, I mean, this thing that just, the next that just goes to show that like when Apple does something, they do it the best as much as it sucks. True. And as much as there's all these people being like, no, but think about this and this and this and yeah. think about their thousand dollar wheels for their, for the Mac pro. Yeah. All that kind it's of like stuff. Normally like, they kill it. Yeah. Dude, I actually, say, Steven, I watched a fascinating video on this of like the reason that they make some of the, um, theory for it was the reason that they make some of these products that are like, um, a thousand dollars is to keep like the luxury brand name. Oh, so it's yeah. like, oh, like, yeah, like Apple sells $1,000 wheels, but then most of their products are actually accessible and getting cheaper. Obviously yeah. still really, really expensive, but now they have like the cheaper iPhones. And so I yeah. think they're I, trying I to become that. mass market. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I was on TikTok and there, there's so many, there's so many people kind of, kind of complaining, being like, oh yeah, like why the hell is Apple selling this product for $3,500 that nobody wants, right? Yeah. And I'm just thinking, this is, that's such a short-sighted comment. Agreed. There's so many, because I was thinking... I was thinking of like one, obviously the obviously price it's will not come. you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're they, not the market, my guy. Yeah, you're not the market of where this is going. As well as I'm just thinking, this is actually these were comments on that same video about the skeuomorphism thing, and they were just yeah. saying like, and they were just saying, oh, like for I was thinking, and this guy was talking about the the relating this adoption of the Vision yeah. Pro to the adoption of the first yes. iPhone. Yes, yeah. And, just, it, and I'm just looking at it like this is identical because at first when the iPhone came out, everyone's like, People why like, am I going to spend? Dumb. 
Yeah, why am I going to spend, I think it was like five, six hundred dollars yeah. on something that I don't need and is really expensive. Think about now, look at today, we have thousand dollar phones yep. and look at what they can do. And everybody and has so, one. And everybody has one. And, and so no like, one questions the price point. And like, no right? one questions no. it anymore. But the yeah, Vision the Pro is going to be... People are like, okay, cool. When can I go to the Apple store and buy it? And exactly. buy it. Uh, do exactly. I need it? It's sold out. And people are like getting up at 3 a.m. to pre-order it. Like, exactly. It's, and exactly. Stephen, like the, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I watched a really interesting video that showed the curve like of adoption rates. And it's like you've the first... Or like bleeding edge tech early adopters. Yeah. And you have like the people yeah. that are still kind of early interested in it. And then the gap between that and mainstream market is how you become a viral mass market product. Exactly. exactly. And, and if so someone's going to do it, Apple will be the one to sure do it. They for sure will. There's no way, like, there's just no way that Apple doesn't at least succeed more with this than other companies have because it's going to be better exactly. execution and people are more willing to give it a chance because it's Apple. And also yeah. I think it's probably so expensive right now because I don't think that they want it to be mass market yet. It's still not like prepared for that. Yes, exactly. So I think they're going to get early adopters, people that are going to be optimistic and love it, get a lot of feedback and then make Gen yeah. 2 even better. Yeah, they, well, exactly. They only want the people that are really going to want it, right, at first. Where it's like, and then once they work all the bugs out, yeah, they're going to sell it to as many people yes. as they can. And then why the tech not? will get cheaper and cheaper. Like exactly. right now it's hard to even kind of benchmark the price because there's nothing there's And Marquez says this a lot. Apple often makes the product have a unique pairing of features that no other product has. So it's really hard yes. to benchmark the price because you can be exactly. like, Oh, it's more expensive than the meta quest, but the meta quest doesn't have this number of cameras or this display resolution. So exactly. Com- like exactly. there's no way to kind of actually benchmark it to know if it's a good deal or not. No, yeah, exactly. exactly. And so I, I saw the, that comment the and quest. Does the MetaQuest track your eyes or anything like that? It, no, the MetaQuest uses like a remote yeah, like, exactly. thing. Like, right. This, is, yeah. very this one doesn't have controllers. And it's like, okay, well, this is a first of its kind, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, saw that co- I saw that comment and I was like, this is going to age like terribly. terribly. But yeah. you know what? I'm here for it. Let's see what happens. That's like most things though. That's like when people are like, oh, it's too late to start YouTube. Or like, I, I honestly, Alex Lieberman, who runs Morning Brew, their podcast yep. right now is killing it. And he did a uh, tweet that I love that was like, people said that newsletters were dead. Then we sold the company for like 80 million. People said podcasts yes. were dead. Now we're number one. Like, and my response to it was like, people in the game always think it's possible. People outside the game always say it's impossible. Like, exactly. Yeah. Players exactly. stay winning. People outside of it don't because they're, I think like optimists just are, I think it's better to live life with relentless optimism, even if oh. sometimes you're wrong. Because like, yeah, exactly. live life immediately being negative as the initial reaction. It's just like so sad to me. Like, I feel like the series yeah. of events that has to happen for you to feel that way is obviously not great. And I think yeah. also like a lot, of, and obviously there's a certain level of privilege with this, but a lot of times like what you put out into the world tends to be what you get back. So like if you put out more like happy, optimistic energy, I think you're better off of like, than oh, if you're yeah. negative. A hundred percent. Like that's, yeah, that's so true. Cause like, I find that there's so many people that are just like naturally pessimistic. It's like, oh, that's never going to work. Yeah. Like, and then but I, get people, I get people saying to me like, dude, you're so like, positive all the time and like because mm-hmm. i got why go into a situation yeah. being like this isn't gonna work this is gonna like, be this terrible is gonna suck and i'm gonna do it anyway it's like no like at least like try like obviously exactly. yeah there's a certain time of like being like okay like also look at the data but i think anytime i watch like interviews of ultra successful people one of the things that i think is a really common theme is like i just believed it would work and i just like yep. knew i would keep going until yeah. it did you yeah. gotta have just like the unwavering confidence that something like that is gonna work. So. Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's move on from Vision Pro because we're yeah. gonna be here all day if we don't. Um, I uh, we have another quick question here. Yeah. Um, when okay, so what is the economics of running a tech YouTube channel? Like, do yeah. you have to buy the products? Do you get them sent to you when you started? I'm assuming you bought them, or how does yes. that whole thing work? So bought them a lot when I started, still buy them sometimes now. I think the economics of like tech YouTube is like every channel is so different. Um, like on a whole scale level, like you have brand deals, sponsorships, AdSense, affiliate marketing, consulting, public speaking, um, 
licensing deals, like kind of like the overall structure of that. Um, and then on like the, what's specific to tech YouTube is in the beginning, I obviously have to buy a lot of products. Also cold emailed a lot in the beginning to get products. Oh, um, right. okay. Highly effective as well, would recommend. Um, really interesting. Yeah. And then uh, also I think the first phone that I ever got was like an LG phone and they had reached out to me like, Again, as like going back to the point of like YouTube being the serendipity point, like a flywheel, I posted so many videos that like they just happened to see one of them and they were like, oh, like we like your stuff. Would you want to review this phone? Um, And so a lot of companies will send the product either on like a loan or to keep to review, but it's a review unit. So like there's no, it's very clear that they have no influence on the opinion of the video. um, And like ethically, that's like a very hard line. Um, And then I think also some people will like, if they could, like, let's say you can't afford a product, then you can make, like, more, like, topical videos, like, reporting on the news or interviewing people or breaking down a topic, like, software. So when right. I started, obviously, I was, like, 13. I didn't really have money, like, from doing anything significant. So I used, like, some birthday money and, like, some, I think, babysitting money. But then after that, I did a lot of, like, software videos for a while. Of, right. Like, here's so how to, like, green screen an iMovie or something. I th- I, actually, that's, a, that's interesting because I feel like what you could do now, if, especially if you're, say, going to start a, a channel now, you could yeah. first start off by maybe doing some, like, say interesting deep dives into the tech as far from what you like from the research perspective that totally. anything you can do online versus needing the product in hand and then you try to save your sure. lines there and then you get into product in hand type stuff for sure so, and also like i'm right now even trying to expand just outside of product videos like when i think about like this is gonna sound super ambitious but when i think about like the overall vision with the channel it's like i want to be like the tech thought leader for like gen z again super right. ambitious but well, like that, cool. actually th- this goes into another question so you can dive into it but it's just like yeah. where do you see yourself in five years that's Ooh. kind of a, another question yeah so i think so. like creator-led media company is like the goal right so that okay. manifests in a lot of different ways um but i think making excellent videos and excellent community is like the main goal of youtube and i think that enables a lot of other things when i think about like longevity i admire marquez so much for the fact that he is like the go-to person in tech i think there's like this really unique opportunity where there really aren't that many other females in tech. And there's also like no one like Gen Z really. So like that's yeah. kind of a unique pairing. And then also I think I just fundamentally care so much about connection and community um, in a way that a lot of other people don't care about. And there's a quote that I love that's like, if you do something that's like play for you, but hard work for others, it will be like more sustainable. And so I yeah. think a lot of people hate the community aspect. I love the community aspect. It's so fun for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so that's like the really ambitious goal of like, I want to kind of expand and like talk more about, like if I was thinking about the tagline for the channel, it would be like, hang out with me and learn something about technology. So like, nice. so oh, learn that's, something like, that's about a good one. Te- oh, I'm glad you like it. Uh, Renee Ritchie helped a lot with that. We've oh, yeah. had nice. endless conversations about like, what do you think I should do on YouTube? But um, that's kind of like where I've been my whole career, but just kind of getting more and more into that. So it's like, hang out with me and learn something about tech, whether it's like learn if you should buy this phone or what the phone has, or learn about like AI Drake and what's going on in like the music industry with technology. Um, right. I think hardware is very accessible to, okay, this is my hot take. Hardware, people, like, it's sexier. You can easily see what's going on with it. So oh, people are exactly. It's visual. It's tactile. It's so visual, right? And so you know, like, oh, this is what it's going to look like and feel like. Software is actually universally more accessible because even if you don't buy the newest product, you still get access to it. Same thing with, like, trends. So I actually think that software is super important to cover because it's going to affect more people, but hardware is maybe it will get some in the door. And so yeah, right. the idea with YouTube is, like, how do I do both? So I'm still really early stages of trying to figure it out, but I do think that there is this huge intangible of like, when we're watching a creator on YouTube, I think they're our friend. And like, you guys are like my film friends when I watch you, right? So it's like, I get to hang out with you and like, you're incredible at film. I think for my channel, it's like, I could be your tech friend. Like maybe you have no one else in your life that loves tech the way you love tech, but now we can bond over it. Right. Oh, that's interesting. That's so interesting. I I have a quick question that relates back to the, just the economic side for 
Apple products specifically, do you buy those yeah. or do you get them sent? Um, it depends on, they have like different PR um, branches for each product. So certain product okay. categories, I so like an, get an iPhone, sent. do you get that sent? That would get sent, yeah. Well, now oh, it would, but like there were many years where I bought it, oh, but yeah, yeah. No, now no, I saying, work with the PR yeah, team. Of course, yeah. yeah. So, okay. And, but then and, and like, now do you get yeah. them for the release day or do you get them beforehand? It depends on the release. A lot of the time it's okay. like an embargo. So like you get it like a week before, two weeks right. before. Um, some right. of the time it's been like, you got a day of, um, a lot of the companies also will, like if you, let's say you're going to the event or something, you may already have the product or you've already had a pre-brief of the product. And then after the event, right. you get the product. So like the right. Samsung event and SF, like I got the phone literally an hour after the event. And then that I filmed all around San Francisco, like the review that right. day. Right. But right. it depends. Do you, yeah. do you get to keep those phones or do you? Also depends. It's so like okay. variable. So yeah, sometimes right. there's like a loan agreement where it's like 60 days and then you send it back. Sometimes it's like you keep it for the year until the next one comes out. And then sometimes okay. it's like keeping it indefinitely. But most oh, of the time, like you're signing something that like you can't give it to another person. So yeah, like a common right. question I get from like, re- like literally people I'll just meet will be like, oh, can I have a phone? Like we just met. I would love to help you so, out, but so also you can't, not allowed you to can't, give it to you. Yeah. You can't, get, you can't get a phone or something for as a review and then sell it after? Yeah, most of the time, no. Most of the time you sign okay. a contract that like you would be keeping it. Um, I do, a, I've donated in the past. I think that that's different. Like I've asked them like, oh, like I'm not using this anymore. Could I donate it? But yeah, I don't think you could like, get it and then sell it most of the time. Yeah. Right. Interesting. 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 Now, so yeah, like I always Pro thought it was, a- is, is a MacBook pro something that you would like a loaner or is that, mm, um, I really, it feel like it's really dependent on the year. I think my, okay. um, like the computer that I used in school when I was like in high school, I just like, I got from those a review and it was like the MacBook air. And then that was like my computer for like three years. Um, oh, yeah. so that one was a cute, but I think other ones have been like, they return. I honestly don't remember. I, I feel like okay. they, I've also, I bought my most recent computer. So that All one, right. yeah. yeah. Interesting. Nice. It, that's yeah. very interesting. The, Sorry, uh, I, I always thought it was interesting because well, I was going to say, I, I, always, I always thought it was like interesting how you would always have like the iPhone the day it came out. And for us, especially in Canada too, like yeah, when, when an iPhone comes out, you can't get it day of, like the day it's released. You got to wait like two, three weeks up to a month sometimes if you actually want to get that product. And so no I, I always find it shocking because for the videos, you're like, I got this. I'm like, even if I wanted this right now, it would take me a month to get it. So yeah, I you know Darsh is from Canada, so he's had yeah. that experience even as a tech yeah. YouTuber of like yeah. a lot of the Canada PR even gets the product later than the US. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's interesting. Nice. We uh we gotta wrap this up actually sometime soon because I yeah because have you have an appointment you a go. prior it, or yeah a future engagement coming up. So <laughs> I, uh, um, okay, I'm wait. so honored to be on. I think it's like the most fun that I've ever had on a podcast. Genuinely. Yeah, this has been Thank a fun you. one. This is uh, it's it's great because you also do a podcast yourself. So like for hosting and stuff, you know, like obviously, like you're the flow. enthusiastic. Yeah, the flow <laughs> and everything like that. Because it's funny because we we've had some other people in the past, like way in the past before, and they, it's like it's like they answer the questions, but like they don't. Like, yeah, it's hard. You need you need a little bit more. Like there is skill to this. Like, it's not like just everybody can do it. Conversational. So, it, I think it's also exactly. like you and I. Like we're such good friends that like I think there's like a level of comfort. Oh, it helps yeah. when you have the friends on. But yeah, exactly. no. When you have like an all star, not that I, like when I've had all star podcast guests on my show, I'm like this is so nice. Like conversation yeah. just flows. It's good yeah. vibes. You guys, well, honestly, yeah. you guys. Like I remember we had you on the podcast. Darsh and I like ended. We were like they're amazing, and that was our first time ever meeting. <laughs> nice. Like they're just yeah. ten out of ten. Yeah, well, that was also because we had like as me, Mitchell, and Tommy, all three of us. So like, I don't know, yeah. we're all just like hanging out a as banger. friends normally. That was a that was a lot of people on one podcast. That's yeah, people on a people. podcast. That's a lot. I feel bad for our editor. He killed it because that was like a nightmare of like, but it worked yes. out well. It's one of my favorite episodes, actually. Nice, nice. I okay, should wait, go I, listen I've got, to it. I've got two quick like uh, rapid fire questions, and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll wrap it up. So, uh, what is the best and worst part of having a tech YouTube channel? 
Ooh, such a good question. Okay. Um, best part, love technology, and it's the coolest thing ever that, like, it combines my interests of, like, entrepreneurship, community building, tech, video yeah. making. Um, like, and it has enabled every, like, so many amazing opportunities in my life. Um, worst thing, I think, is just, like, the fear creator. There isn't necessarily a path, so you're kind of figuring it out as you go, and it's, like, all gut feeling, like, this is the right move, this is the wrong move, and it's so... There's so many ups and, ups and downs with entrepreneurship. People only see the highlight reel online. So they yep. only see when you're crushing yep. it, but they do not see the behind the scenes, like 3 a.m. nights where you're like cold sweats, like, what am I going to do? Like, what's yep. going on? What's the right move? Um, and like, they don't see some of the other negative aspects. Um, so I would say maybe that's the worst part. And then also, I think just something that I'm still learning now is like, how do, how, how do I make it sustainable so I can do it for a very, very long time with yep. like the consecration process? And yeah. I think that becomes easier as it grows. Like, as the channel grows and you hire more people, I think that that is one of the ways. Yeah. That well, that's like Stephen and I, with us coming back, that's kind of one of our main key points to focus on is sustainability. Yeah. That the only way that this is actually going to work out in the long run is if it's sustainable. So we're really looking at investing in building up the team, bringing more people on to help us because that's the only way that's really going to happen. So, um, yeah. okay, cool. And then last one here is if you were to start from zero today, zero subscribers, yeah. even zero, let, let's say you had a thousand dollars in your bank account. Okay. What, what is your game plan to starting a new YouTube channel? And oh, is it tech? Is it not tech? Where would you go with it? Um, what, what is your game plan as detailed as you can? Without I being love too that. Granular. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love technology. So I'd probably still do tech YouTube. I think the only okay. other channel that I love or like the only other style that I love is like, I love conversations and interviews. I think it's so fun. So like yeah. maybe a podcast, but I think I love tech. So it would probably be tech, um, okay. which is why it's amazing that that's like the channel that I'm doing. Love it. Awesome. Um, I think a lot of people do shorts as like an initial, like if I have no skill, like I've never made YouTube videos before and I'm yeah. starting from scratch, then I would do shorts first because I feel like you learn really, really quickly what hooks get people and how to like keep a video engaging. Shorts are hard to convert to a long form. I see a lot of creators on like TikTok struggle to make it on YouTube. Two very different skill sets. Like I would be a much worse shorts creator than I am a long form creator. But I think helpful to start there, lower barrier to entry. I would just commit to posting like once a week for a year and be like, I'm expecting nothing from this, but I'm gonna learn in like that year. And then I think like excellence is just doing like the boring thing over and over and over again until you get good at it. Um, and then also I would, um, as we were talking about earlier, like try to figure out like what is like the gap in the market, right? If everyone's doing like, these like phone reviews, like what is the topic that no one's doing? Like Cleo Abrams right now is doing science and technology explainers. No one's really doing that. It's amazing. Yeah. And she's amazing. Like she's an incredible creator. Um, and so I think it's like being a little strategic, but then not letting thinking become more important than action because yeah. oftentimes this has happened to me all the time. Like the idea in your head sounds amazing. And then you try to execute on it and you're like, this is the worst thing ever. So yeah, like it's yeah. gonna seem perfect until you get it down, and then I think you'll actually learn more with the action. Awesome, that's a, that's a great answer. Thank you, Thank Jackson, you. for being here. Is there anything you want to plug? You have a podcast and a YouTube channel and Instagram, so plug all those. Totally. If you guys want to check them out, nothing but tech on YouTube and Instagram. I also want to plug the main TMS Productions channel. If you're listening to this on like the podcast channel, go check out the main channel. It's truly one of my favorite YouTube channels of all time, and I think you guys would like it. It definitely like if I need inspiration, guys, I watch your videos, and they truly yes. they get me there. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Of course. And, uh, and podcast is the digital dive, right? That's Ooh, yes. I appreciate you. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, okay. Awesome. Uh, thank you everyone for watching. If you, again, if you're here and you don't know about our main channel, I don't know why you're even here. Uh, check that out. <laughs> check like, out what Jacqueline, are you doing? All of her stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, we'll see you guys in a future episode. So see you later.